Today is going to be a good one, Polly. You think so? I think so. Today is going to be good. You know, when you get that energy, that buzz from around town, when you mention someone's name and you tell them that they're going to be on the, the upcoming podcast and you, you see that little twinkle, that little spark in their eye because they're happy to hear what this person's going to say. I think I think we got that again with this upcoming guest. Wait, who we got? We have Deacon John from St. Barnabas. Wow. He's, like, he's everywhere. He's, he is everywhere. He's doing everything. He's everywhere. Yeah. It's just, he's got his hands in pretty much everything. He's got a, a lot of information to share. I'm really excited about it. He's, I know he's a member of the, the Clinic Island Clergy Association. So I'm interested to hear a little more about that. Yep. I think they share a lot of information. You know, um, they've um, shared a lot of information through Ray Davis. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That is true. I also want to know his ideas, and I'll be definitely asking his ideas on um, how faith fits in with recovery, especially with, you know, the popularity of um, programs such as AA and NA who, who teach about the 12 steps and you hear about higher power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm curious to hear his take on that. Yep. The church um, recovery and um, stigma. Yes. Yep. So let's keep that same energy. All right. Welcome Deacon John. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Totally Preventable. We're here today with Deacon John Sylvia from St. Barnabas in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. Hi, Deacon. How are you? Good. How are you all doing? Good, thanks. Doing good. So I know you from a lot of places and a lot of events, but could you tell us what you do and how it relates to prevention? Well, I'm the deacon assistant at St. Barnabas Church in Portsmouth, and when I was ordained, we were uh, asked to choose a social justice ministry, uh, and so I, we, we each made three choices, and my primary choice was addiction and al- alcoholism prevention, and so I became the cleric assigned to the St. Matthias ministry. Uh, it's a recovery ministry for addiction and alcoholism with the Diocese of Providence. It's supported with um, the Catholic Charities Fund appeal and so forth. Um, although we don't uh, pull too much, too many funds from it because most of it is uh, parishes and so forth that uh, volunteer their time and services and, and resources to, to help uh, with prevention. Um, of course, you know, uh, addiction, alcoholism, mental distress is totally preventable, uh, but we have to work hard um, on, on our end to be able to support all of the resources that are in the community. Um, I, I've been very lucky because we've uh, I've been called um, into this uh, St. Matthias ministry, which is uh, the, 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 the little pamphlet here I'm, um, is, uh, has all of the information of all of the um, resources and all of the different events that take place for the St. Matthias ministry. But I've got some wonderful priests and deacons that have helped us out, like Father Joe Upton up at uh, St. Mary of the Bay in Warren, uh, and Deacon John Pryor, and Father Paul Damaris down at St. James chapel in uh, Charlestown, and Father Bob Marciano at uh, St. Kevin's, and Bishop Hendrickon in in Warwick, and uh, Deacon John Fulton, who's helped us out a lot. Peter Magnata is our licensed social worker for the diocese, and he and I are kind of in charge of the program for the Diocese of Providence. Uh, He deals with um, all of the uh, social work and um, counseling aspects, and I deal with the ministry in trying to get um, masses for recovery throughout the, 
throughout the state, throughout the diocese, and also uh, what we call a hope and cope group, which is an opportunity for people to come together and work on their Roman Catholic spirituality and recovery. AA and NA, which are fantastic organizations that help a lot of people with recovery, they don't deal with the exact spiritual um, aspects. They say the God of my understanding or my higher power. But for us Roman Catholics, that's important that we focus on God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, and how does Jesus help us uh, help others and, and help people in recovery. Uh, so Father Bob helps us out at St. Anthony's right here in Portsmouth. Uh, Deacon Paul St. Lawrence and Father Gray has been very supportive, and Deacon Paul helps us with all of our masses for recovery locally. And St. Patrick Church up in Providence, Father James Ruggieri and uh, Deacon Eduardo with the Hispanic community. So I've been very, very lucky. In, in October, we may uh, open up another uh, group up in uh, Woonsocket with Father Sweet. So we're all throughout the diocese, but specifically in Newport County, uh, I've uh, been involved not only with the Newport County Prevention Coalition, but also the Portsmouth Prevention Coalition because I'm here at St. Barnabas in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. And so I have a very good relationship with them. And it, it, it just explodes, it goes everywhere. I mean, uh, besides that in St. Barnabas Church, I mean, the, I'm the secretary with the Aquidneck Island Clergy Association. So, you know, we have Temple Shalom, we have a Turo Synagogue, we have a St. Spirit on Orthodox Church in Newport. Um, the Methodist Church and the, and the uh, Presbyterian Church and the uh, uh, Lutheran Church and the Episcopal Church, all of the different denominations, and we come together once a month and share information. And at ad nauseum, I'm constantly bringing the issues of mental health, distress, suicide prevention, and especially addiction and alcoholism, because that's my life with the uh, social justice ministry that I've chosen. So I get to be able to be insidious in the community in these other organizations as well, getting the information out to them. And because um, of our involvement, and they're always looking for the clerics aspect of this, I end up being part of the Hope Recovery Center uh, and the uh, Newport Mental Health asks for help. And uh, we did a program called Recovery 101 down at Newport Hospital, where I did a program called Stigma and Anti-Stigma, uh, and, and how we deal with this uh, in, from the uh, pulpit, from the ombo as it is. Uh, mental Health First Aid, uh, we've sponsored uh, with the, uh, um, and as well as um, uh, FIRE, F-I-R-E, uh, Faith Recovery, um, Rye Cares, uh, Parent Support Network, and the Rhode Island Department of Health. So they kind of pull on us in many different directions. But where I found the greatest universal support has been from the Newport County Prevention Coalition and the Portsmouth Prevention Coalition, because it brings all the aspects together, not only enforcement, but the school system, um, suicide prevention, um, you know, uh, in plain sight, all of these programs, and we can tap into them and I can also throttle them out to the other clerics in the area. So I've been very fortunate. That is great. It seems like you are, uh, you have your, your finger on the pulse of the entire community, the entire county, um, knit with all of the different um, connections that you have and the organizations that you're working with. Uh, you mentioned St. Matthias. What is, what, what does it entail to be, become part of that? How does a congregation become or, or a church become? Uh, St. Matthias ministry is, is from the Roman Catholic diocese, as I mentioned. So we're supported by the Catholic charities and it is, um, 
uh, if you go on the, the diocesan uh, Providence Diocese uh, Roman Catholic website under social ministries or social uh, programs, you'll find St. Matthias Recovery. And all of our different um, uh, programs are there, including masses quarterly in different places throughout the diocese for recovery, where um, if I'm preaching and most of the other clerics who we've trained to preach will take the readings of the day, the scripture of the day, the message of the day, but tie it into 12 steps of recovery, tie wow. it into what it is that um, we learn from Christ and from our um, Roman Catholic um, and Christian um, uh, uh, scripture that helps us uh, in recovery. Because that whole spiritual aspect of recovery, I know you all know Ray Davis, who recently retired uh, from the Newport County. <laughs> no, <I'm... laughs> well, Ray has been, uh, he is actually, uh, was the representative from Holy Trinity Episcopal Church in Tiverton to the Aquinnick Island Clergy Association as well. Right. So they would hear recovery from both sides, from me and from Ray <laughs> um, quite a bit. But one of the great things that we've done with that aspect of recovery is to bring faith into uh, the programs of recovery. If I believe that we are a mental person, a, a uh, emotional person, a physical person, but we're also a spiritual person. And if that spiritual side is not in charge of the others, then we either gravitate towards, you know, mental aberrations or emotional depression or physical needs that are, may not be good. But if that spiritual side is in charge, then our conscience is called into play. And, and Christ and the church teaches us how to perform our life work correctly so we're not gravitated towards the wrong path. And so I believe that faith aspect is so, so important for us in recovery. Thank you. Um, I did see you on location last week um, on the lawn here getting filmed. So <laughs> that is pretty exciting. <laughs> it was funny because I, like I said, I have a, I have a face for radio, but I guess I have a voice for radio as well. So they asked me to do some voiceovers as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, I will uh, talk about a little bit about um, St. Barnabas, our parish, um, because um, the recovery kind of, came really strong in St. Barnabas and radiated out into the Portsmouth community quite a bit. Uh, and so we tied ourselves into a lot of other aspects of things. One of the things we do every year, we call Project Purple. The name came from a, a Chris Heron program that changed its name later on, but we've kept the name Project Purple. And we concentrate on our, uh, our youth, our confirmation kids and our first communion uh, faith formation group. And, during, and in that Project Purple, we try to spend some time with the kids learning about um, you know, how they're wonderful human beings, how they can support each other, how they need to be sensitive uh, to various things that happen in their life that might pull them down the wrong path. And then we have a big program every year where we bring in professionals and we do different uh, exercises with the kids. Uh, some of the years I've been asked to do it. Uh, we even brought in a mobile medical training, Catherine Alexander, who did suicide prevention with the kids and then did a suicide prevention program with the parents, with the adults, uh, to um, kind of teach them some of the things that they need to be aware of and signs that they need to see. Uh, Newport County Prevention Coalition 
Portsmouth Prevention Coalition has also come in. We do a statistical thing where we have a bunch of beads of different colors and the kids pick a bead out and I've got set up there the ratio of people in the United States, those who would be subject to you know, nicotine addiction and alcohol addiction and um, uh, you know, opioid addiction. And then there's the five beads that, have, um, uh, that represent those that may die from addiction. And uh, we usually pick those kids ahead of time to make sure they can handle those five beads. But we understand that, um, helps them understand that in that group, without being on the right path in, in, uh, in their life and pulling their faith into the center of their life, they could be one of those five that would lose their life uh, from addiction or alcoholism. And so it kind of sets their mind and opens it up so then we can talk about some of the things and feed them a little bit with some information uh, because it's education is the root of it all. Uh, and of course, in the, in the coalitions, I've been extremely fortunate because uh, we get to work with enforcement, we get to work with mental health, we get to work with recovery and, and everyone in the entire community comes together, including all the parents who are very interested in their children. And so I get to you know, present my aspects of how faith is important in that whole recovery process. So the coalitions have been excellent with me. I mean, if we work together, everything is totally preventable. Um, right. I, I love your confirmation program. I, we hear about it often and I love it. Um, so we've, we've asked this question of a lot of our um, guests and I didn't think to ask you, but now I'm going to ask you, uh, have you seen an uptick in mental health needs um, during the pandemic? Like we've been asking um, school-based people, but in the church, in your, in your position, have you seen the pandemic weigh on kids and, and adults' mental health? I'm, I'm convinced that it has. People isolated and not being able to have human contact in a normal sense. Uh, children interacting with children, playing baseball, uh, doing all the things that are positive, they become isolated. And when they're isolated, two things creep in. One of them is the, is the pains of isolation, but the second is the deterioration caused by social media, where people are communicating with each other, but they're doing it through social media. And some of those, some of those programs are not particularly good. Some of those um, judgments that take place on social media are not particularly good. So um, we need to kind of break that. I was really thrilled this year that we were able to have our church festival and be able to bring people together and, you know, have the carnival rides and the auction and the food and so forth and interact in a positive way, human to human. Uh, and uh, we weren't able to do that during the pandemic. We were isolating ourselves a lot. I mean, I remember um, we, we still to this day um, live stream all of our masses, even the ones for addiction and alcoholism, you can go right up on our St. Barnabas website and you can pick up any of those masses from the past that we do every quarter there. Uh, but that was wonderful. We were able to at least have some contact with people, but it was all done digitally. Now we're never gonna be able to get rid of that digital aspect because there are people at home who are sick and homebound who can't get out. So we're gonna continue to do that. But now the churches have come back in. And even for a while when everybody was masked, 
I didn't know who everybody was all the time because they were, you know, it was like they were hiding out behind the mask, protecting themselves. And, and that now has evolved in. So people were, were still getting contact, but it was a different kind of contact and it wasn't human contact, it was digital contact. And so we need to break that and come back to become a human again. Now with, um, with the stigma and with um, fear of judgment from you know, peers and congregation, how do you encourage, how do you encourage people to come to church as a, a place for recovery? For, for those looking for solutions. Now that is a, a difficult thing. And there was a program that I had put on a while back with um, at the Newport Hospital. And it was also uh, the uh, uh, coalition was involved as well. It was called a Recovery 101. And one of the programs that I had was called Stigma Anti-Stigma. How do we do that as clergy um, in, in order to reduce the stigma? Part of it is to you know, recognize that we're all human and we all are broken to some degree. And, uh, and so none of us are perfect. Uh, and so therefore we all need to support each other. The other thing is to talk about recovery from the pulpit. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I was very enthusiastic of starting the masses for recovery and inviting our parishioners who are not in recovery to come and support those in recovery at those Roman Catholic masses. The good news is, is if you come to one, it usually counts for going to mass that weekend. So you don't have to go twice. <laughs> uh, and, and we don't have a, a, a formal collection. So if you're a little short that week, that would be perfect. But, the, <laughs> but our recovery community consists of both those in recovery and those supporting those in recovery, parents and children and mothers and fathers who most often come to a cleric rather than the person in recovery. The person in recovery is afraid they might get judged. Mm. <laughs> but the parent, the mother, the father, the grandparent who's supporting someone in recovery will come and say, you know, um, my son, my daughter, whatever is going down the wrong path, what do I do? And that's when you have to have the resources in place. And that's part of what um, the Newport County and the Portsmouth Prevention Coalition provides is a lot of resources, diverse resources not just you know, myopic resources, but resources that have to do with enforcement and mental health and youth and, uh, and faith. So um, I, I say, keep up the good work. That's, we need that. Thank you. What, if you had a, a family or a person come to you with someone in their family struggling with addiction, maybe not in recovery yet, still struggling, what advice would you give them? Well, I invite them to come to a hope and cope group and try to bring that family member with them. But if they're not willing to or interested in that person coming, I would invite those parents to come. There are resources that I can provide them. Peter Magnata, our licensed counselor up at the diocese, has put together the, a, a good list of resources. Um, Ray Davis had put together a whole program for clergy uh, with all kinds of resources. Because a lot of times people are asking us very specific questions even though they have a very wide issue, there's a specific question. How do I get my son, daughter into detox? How do I, um, you know, who do I take them to so they can talk to somebody? Uh, where do I find a good counselor? Um, what do I do next? And so you have to listen. Um, I love the, uh, Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in one of those, he talks about empathic listening. And that's the greatest gift 
that we can give to another person is to listen without judgment. Listen to them and understand what, it, what their problems are or what their issues are or what their difficulties are. And then try to provide the resource that can both best match what it is they're struggling with. Most of the time it's to make them know that they're not alone. There are many people in that same aspect. I'll reveal some of my life journey to them so they understand that uh, you know you can you can have your nose on the pavement and you can still become a deacon so uh, my, my point is those are all good things for us to to do is to listen to another person and to um, make sure that they understand that they're not alone that there are other people if they come to one of my hope and cope groups there's usually other people there that are either in recovery or so supporting someone in recovery and so we can we can talk i try to keep people get them off the hook, so to speak. We do a thing called a three minute retreat. Just pose a piece of scripture and a couple of questions and they can write down the answer and they can tear it up later if they'd like. And then we go around and talk about whatever they would like to from that little three minute retreat. But 99.9% .9 of the time, that's the door to open them up to be able to speak. And then they'll talk about what it is they're struggling with and then we can try to match some resources to it. Now, are all the churches um on on the island or in newport county are they all affiliated with the equidnic island clergy or is there only a select amount they're all invited all invited but but certain aspects of certain denominations don't get involved in a wider christianity for whatever reason I'm not going to name what those denominations are because that would be incorrect. But for the most part, mainstream Christianity um, all can work together. And we concentrate on what we have in common, not what our differences are. But it's not just Christianity. I have Turo Synagogue. We have Temple Shalom. Uh, we go to Temple Shalom and we um, um, support them with... Um, uh, the Holocaust Memorial Day uh, with um, uh, the night before Thanksgiving, they have a, um, a community Thanksgiving service. And we go vested in our vestments if we wish and, su and support them. We concentrate on what we have in common. And guess what? We have, so much, more, we have <laughs> so much more in common than we have as differences. Right. Rabbi Jacqueline is the one who started the Aquinnick Island Clergy Association. He passed away a few years ago and many of us struggled very hard to keep it going, to make sure it would not go away because it was very important. Our Roman Catholic diocese had given Rabbi Jacqueline's or Lumen Gentium award for his work in humanism, working together and bringing people together without judgment. Uh, and so, um, you know, we've, we've done a lot of work at Temple Shalom uh, with uh, Cantor Fred Sheff, who is the cantor there. Uh, and also Rabbi Mark Mandel from Toro Synagogue. And we have, uh, we have uh, members of the clergy from, uh, from three different generations from uh, the Greek Orthodox Church, St. Spiridon's down in Newport. And they're still actively involved with us. Uh, Portsmouth Methodist Church, although we've just, they've just lost their pastor, the new one is already invited uh, to come in. Um, uh, Holy Trinity Church in Tiverton uh, Episcopal, um, St. Peter Church, Lutheran down in Broadway in Newport. Uh, all the churches are invited. Not all of them can participate because of their own charter or their own focus. 
right. where you know, they some tend to be a little more myopic. Now, when forming different programs, are there is there input from pretty much all participants and and figure out what can be the best program? Absolutely. Matter of fact, we rotate mm. from house of worship to house of worship every month, and that cleric or rabbi or you know, whoever's the leader of that community can choose what program they put on. Our only restriction is that it'd be something universal. Right. You know, we have, we have, we have Jews. Um, we had the Mufti Imam from North Smithfield come down, Rabbi Jacqueline's and brought him to a little retreat that we'd done so we could learn about the things that we had in common with the Muslims. And here is a Jew and a Muslim standing side by side talking about how they can buy meat from each other's uh, um meat markets because they're they're uh, they do things universally in that uh, aspect so my point is that everyone is invited and and if let's say that uh, you're um greek orthodox and you want to host us you want to we want to learn about what you do and we want to learn about what kind of social programs you need and addiction alcoholism mental distress distress with youth those are all universal everybody has those and so and also feeding the poor, um, making sure that we have uh, resources that people can access, looking for housing and so forth. Those are all universal. Everybody in the world struggles with that. And so we can come together and say, hey, I have a St. Vincent de Paul, or hey, I have a food pantry in Bristol, or well, it's an opportunity for us to be able to share some of those resources with the other clerics. That's and great. Mental health, suicide prevention, addiction, alcoholism, that's universal. There's no one faith that has more than the other. They're all the same. And we struggle with it. And there's no magic here. It's our faith. It's working with our heart and our soul to be able to understand that God loves us universally, regardless of who we are, what color we are, where we came from, what our last name is spelt like, or what our faith traditions are. And so that's the Quinnick Island Clergy Association focuses in that aspect. I love that. Every time I've been able to attend an Aquinnah clergy mm -hmm. meeting, I have. Um, yes, we've invited you folks. Yeah, um, I was brought up um, attending mass all the time. And I can remember as a young child growing up in a very isolated town, a neighboring church reached out to a couple of kids to play handbells. And I joined their handbell group. But back then, there was no mixing of religions, although my aunt who raised me was fine with having me do something positive in our little town that had nothing for kids to do. But my church quickly called her and was like, nope. So it's nice to hear that. Well, um, that's interesting because you're dating yourself and your age because see, post-Vatican II came out the instruction that there are truth in all denominations. As Roman Catholics, and I'm a Roman Catholic, I believe we have most of the truth, but all of the other, <laughs> denominations, the other denominations believe that so do they. So yep. the point is there's truth in all denominations. So I go, to, what I loved when I was the uh, Cub Master of the Cub Scout pack is I got to go and see my kids get their awards, the, um, the Aleph Award or the um, Cairo Award or all of these different denominations all have a, an award program for the kids. And I got to go to these faith communities and meet these people and, and, uh, and find out 
my goodness, they're very much like us. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I was wondering, because I, I know a little bit about you, because I've seen you places, would you share what you do for fun? Or what you do when you're not. Um. <laughs> not ten minutes that you have. Right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it very quick. I actually own some property in Hope Valley, about 63 acres, and uh, I was a wildlife biologist and a forester in my first life. So I get to go out there, and uh, I'm a, I'm a very strange guy. Um, <laughs> not only am I involved very deeply with the church, and I'm involved, um, uh, you know, trying to help everyone thoroughly that I possibly can in any aspect. I'm also an NRA safety instructor and I have a range out there and I shoot on a regular basis and I do all kinds of crazy things. I have a big old tractor and I mow the field and well, my buddy, um, Mr. Letourneau has uh, beehives down there and uh, I've got uh, managing the forest in the back and I have a Jeep and I climb rocks and that's kind of what I do for fun. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and I'm getting ready to go to the Azores and visit family over there in, uh, in a few days. I didn't know that what I was hoping he was going to tell and we can edit this out if you don't want to share but I was at an event and um we were leaving and all of a sudden Deacon John's like taking all of his Deacon stuff off you know and putting on some motorcycle gear and he jumps on a motorcycle and off he goes I'm the, I'm the fat boy on the fat boy <laughs> I, have a, I have a Harley Davidson fat boy and I, and I love riding the Harley and my Jeep. Those are my two favorite uh, transportation mechanisms. Yes. I, I think I had probably just met him. So I'm just thinking. Well, it's interesting because <laughs> when we used to do the um, rally for recovery in uh, Middletown, in mm -hmm. Newport, um, I used to come down and I used in, uh, on my Harley and all my leathers and I would bless all the bikes. You know, so, yep. <laughs> uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm kind of a crazy guy. I'm a little diverse. So <laughs> I started out as a wildlife biologist. I have degrees in um, uh, executive business management, a theology, and my uh, my PhD is in business management. So <laughs> a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. That's awesome. Now you you've told us programs that that happen at Saint Barnabas. Um, is there? Is, is there a way for people to find out the, the times of the, the meetings that, that happen? Um, also, with the St. Matthias, are, is, is there an area or a place where people can look up and find these? Sure. If you go to uh, the Diocese of Providence.org and then you forward slash recovery dash St. Dash Matthias dash ministry at the end of that. Or if you just go to the provincedioceses.org and then you search for uh, Catholic uh, Social Services and Recovery St. Matthias, you can click on that. And that will bring up a, uh, um, a matter of fact, I can, if you can let me share my screen, I can bring that up for you. Sure. Sure. Oh, you see that requires a little bit from me. Sure. Because <laughs> I was prepared. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was an Eagle. I am an Eagle Scout with oops. the Scouts. So the right. Scout motto was be prepared. You know, be so. prepared. Yeah. I have an Eagle Scout. Both my sons are as well. So I've been very fortunate. Let's see. Can you share now? Share screen. Okay. So now we're going to go to this. Can you see this? All right. Yes. Yes. All right, so this is our St. Matthias. Um, 
So what you would do is uh, you would go to the um, Roman Catholic Diocese of Providence, and then you would go to Catholic Social Services, and you'd click on Recovery St. Matthias. And Peter Magnata, who's the licensed counselor who works up at the diocese, works with me. And if you see the documents, Hope and Cope Support Group and Holy Masses, St. James Addiction Recovery Ministries. Now, I got to tell you, um, Deacon, I mean, Father Paul Damaris from down in Charlestown, he has a wonderful program that he's worked with us on. He does anointings every single, um, every single week uh, during most of the year, except the summer. And then he has a whole schedule for these um, ARM, and it's called um, St. James Addiction Recovery Ministries. And these um, take place um, all throughout the last one until next year was May 3rd, but um, they happen all throughout the, the winter season. And he's a, he's a wonderful human being who's helped us out a lot with these. We also have the Hope and Cope Support Group, uh, and there are two of them now going on. One of them is at our church, St. Barnabas, and uh, those take place monthly. And these are all the dates that they'll have. The next one will be July 10th. And the reason I'm having it so early in July is because I'm going on my trip to the Azores and I didn't want to cancel it for the month of July. Uh, and so these are all the ones that take place at St. Barnabas, the uh, Hope and Cope group. Then there's also the St. Matthias Ministry brochure that I was talking to you about. And this has everything in it, including the Masses for Recovery at St. Barnabas, St. Mary of the Bay in Warren, Father Joe Upton, who's just a wonderful human being, wonderful priest. He's, uh, he worked with me to start with, and now he's taken it over. Uh, and they have a Hope and Cope group they formed. And they also have a, uh, a schedule for masses for recovery once a quarter. We're January, they're February, we're April, they're May, we're July, and they're uh, August, we're October, and they're November. And eventually I'll have a, another set of them down at uh, either Bishop Hendrickin or up in Woonsocket. So this is all of the different um, contact people uh, and uh, how you can um, access that and, and so forth. And that's all on that website as well. Uh, and then we have the, uh, just the list of the Catholic masses for those in recovery. And, uh, and those um, uh, show both St. Barnabas, St. Mary of the Bay, and then St. James. But again, they go through from October through June. They shut off July, August, and September. But they're always at two o'clock. And the first Sunday of each month, they have a, an anointing of the sick that they do every two o'clock uh, and during those dates. But on the first Sunday of the month, it's focused on recovery. Um, Father Damaris, Father Paul, he's also the diocesan exorcist. And he oh, believes wow. that um, evil uh, can sometimes uh, bring people to addiction and alcoholism, just pure evil. And it's a way to mask some of the things that people are struggling with in their own spirituality. And so he also includes anointing of the sick, uh, which is a healing sacrament in the Roman Catholic Church. And so those contact pieces are all there. Now, he's a wonderful, wonderful priest. Uh, and then uh, th this is the uh, St. Matthias resource group. We put this together with um, Peter Magnata. And these are different resources that people can access, as well as um, resources that we can give, we can hand out to people. Uh, so they'll be able to, you know, if they're looking for a, um, a halfway house or if they're looking for um, a detox or, or whatever, um, you know, we can help them out with all of that. So all of that list there, including uh, Peter Magnata's contact information, and my contact information is embedded into that um, uh, 
brochure. Um, I'm the, um, the cleric, meaning um, I'm, I'm an ordained deacon in the Roman Catholic Church. For folks that don't know, there are three ordained in the Roman Catholic Church, deacons, priests, and bishops. All bishops are priests, all priests are deacons, so all bishops are deacons as well. And most of what a priest does, he's serving in his diaconal role, other than being a pastor, the consecration, and the absolution, forgiving sins. Everything else that a priest can do, pretty much a deacon can do, weddings, funerals, uh, baptisms, and so forth. So the deacons come from the community, and we're not employees of the diocese. We have our own jobs. I have a, a manufacturing company and so forth, but we serve the church. And like I say, we're the best deal in town because we can't say no and we don't get paid. So <laughs> that's, what the, that's what the deacons do. So that'll give you just a kind of um, a little bit of an idea what, um, how you can access that information like instantaneously. And I work with Peter to uh, update that. Uh, we're gonna be working uh, with Father Sweet up in Woonsocket to try to get another um, uh, Hope and Cope group and maybe masses for recovery according to their schedule. Most of them occur at five, but over at um, in Warren at uh, Mary of the Bay with Father Upton, those happen at six because he has a Sunday evening mass at six already. And so once a month, that mass is for recovery. And, um, and what do I mean by a mass for recovery? Well, what I mean is we take the scripture of the day, the gospel, the epistle, the Old Testament readings, and we, and we um, try to bring um, messages of recovery out of that. And I tend to fold them together with either the um, basic text of NA or the big book of AA. Uh, and so we can show how that's in there. What a lot of people don't realize, AA started out as a group of, of Lutherans and Catholics who were looking for a way to bring spirituality or faith into recovery because they knew that aspect was missing. <clears throat> Jungian techniques say we should be looking for our spiritual side as well as our physical and mental and emotional. And so AA was formed that way all throughout the big book, all throughout the basic text, we hear the God of our understanding or our higher power. So neither of those organizations tell you how to practice your faith. But that's one of the things that uh, I really wanted to do when I was ordained was to find a way where people who are Roman Catholic could come together and talk about their faith openly and how that helps them in recovery. Right. That's great. Um, I love that connection. Um, I feel like I need to ask because you mentioned that, I think it was Father Paul is an exorcist. Yes. I, I, this, I am super curious now, are there exorcisms still going on? Absolutely. Really? Yes. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I okay. did not know that. There is a, there is a um, well, if we, if we take, if we take the, our father, there is a, a, um, a line in there that says, deliver us from evil. Mm -hmm. Well, I've taken courses with Father Paul in deliverance ministry. That's different than, than exorcism. Deliverance is where we focus on our faith to deliver that person from contact from evil. But my God, you can't sit there and tell me that you don't believe that there's evil in this world. There is. Oh, no. yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, 
that evil enters into the world because we as human beings invite it in. And so often people are trying to mask the evil that they're struggling with, with substances. And that's why Father Paul got involved in helping us out with St. Matthias, because he realizes that as well. He was actually, I don't know if I should tell his story, but he was actually um, invited by the Episcopal Church, his very first exorcism. Uh, they didn't know what to do, and uh, they ended up calling the Catholic Church, and he went in and um, was involved with that process and freeing that person from um, the difficulties that they were struggling with. Wow. Now, I... I have to ask, are there any, because we've mentioned substances, are there any other addiction services provided or any other addiction programs provided? Uh, I can tell you what Peter Magnata does a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. He's the licensed counselor for the diocese. Mm -hmm. So he does a lot of one-on-one -on -one counseling and I, I, he can't reveal that to me, nor could I. If right. I you know, I'm, I'm bound by the same um, confidentiality of the confessional, though I can't grant absolution, I'm a deacon. But I have people unload on me fifth steps all the time. Admit to God, to yourself, and to another human being the exact nature of your wrongs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have people unload on me um, often, and that's good. I'll take them, we'll go over to the chapel at St. Barnabas, and we'll sit there, and we'll sit in front of the tabernacle, and Christ is right there, and God is there, and um, folks can unload on me whatever they wish. And when that time comes, I say, listen, I'm, I'm, just, I'm a deacon. I'm not a priest. I can't grant you absolution. I can't forgive your sins. But if you go see certain priests that I know, tell them that you unloaded on the deacon. Mm. You won't have to give them gory details. They'll probably grant you the absolution. But, right. You know, so, um, you know, we do help a lot of people. Sometimes people just, you know, AA and NA realize this. That's why the fifth step. Um, you've got to get this stuff. Uh, the, the things in you that cause you to want to calm yourself with substances, those things die often by the light of day. And so if you can get them out of you, uh, then there's a higher probability that you're going to be able to recover, you know, but recovery is an ongoing process. It never ends. If you are an addict or an alcoholic, you need to stay close to God and to your recovery program, whether that's counseling or AA or NA or Kodak or wh whatever it is. But I can tell you, um, I carry Narcan. I carry... Um, um, you know, my Bible with me, and I carry my book of Christian blessings with me and my holy water. And guess what? I've needed them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do know that Holy Trinity and Tiverton, yeah. they have yeah. a gambling anonymous group. Father John Higginbotham yes. is, um, is the pastor there. My best friend, Alan Locke, was the verger there. Uh, so I've known that community very well. And Ray Davis was the representative from them to us at the Aquinnick Island Clergy Association. So we got to learn a lot. But Father John, because of all of the issues they've had with that uh, casino just up the road, that's really um, affected a lot of people. And they have a, it's a closed group. It's not an open group. In other words, okay. uh, um, you, need to, you need to be one of the uh, people who are struggling with gambling just like AA and NA has open groups and closed groups. Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, if you contacted Father John Higginbotham, he would put you in contact with the right person. And they've done some wonderful ministry. And it's not just addiction and alcoholism from substances. It's addiction mm -hmm. to pornography, and especially our young people. It's addiction to devices, you know, all of the cell phones and all of the, um, 
devices that we carry around. We carry them around. We're addicted. I'm addicted to this thing. My whole schedule's in here. Right. My, I, got a, I got a terabyte of information in here. Uh, so it's it's kind of an addiction. Um, uh, those the uh, social media and all of that stuff as well. You can't put your phone down. Gambling is is a horrible addiction because it anything that takes you from your path and diverts you, and then you end up, you know, uh, absorbing all of your funds in your home and your house and your relationships. Um, that's an addiction. Uh, mm -hmm. Pornography is an, an an awful one because it. Um, we believe that lust is when you use another person as an object. And that's what pornography does. And that's what a lot of the other things that we do that are negative in our life does. Right. I've learned a tremendous amount. <laughs> tremendous amount. I knew we would have more questions yeah. for Deacon John. I knew he was going to tell us things we didn't know and we were going to ask him more questions. i've been very fortunate um we've done um we've done a lot of things and but we've only scratched the surface if and i thank was, you oh sorry go ahead no go ahead i'm sorry did i, I didn't yes, mean to I cut thank off. you for all of your support your folks have been fantastic well, thank you so have you i i i i would want people to gain from this podcast especially community organizations to to recognize the importance of having the the congregation to have representation of different uh, congregations, denominations, uh, clergy on their either their board or on their planning committees. What I just feel like the wealth of knowledge that comes from the the clergy is is huge, in in being in touch with the community. I remember starting in this field and uh one of the things i've learned over my nonprofit years was you know as soon as you get into a new community find out the movers and shakers and the, the people that make things happen and as soon as i came into newport county it was like deacon john you have to meet deacon john <laughs> you know I mean? Just like okay <laughs> so so uh, i definitely definitely um appreciate all the work that you've done and helped the coalition to do um, because we as you mentioned and as we all know it, it's a together it's a together thing it's not a one person going to solve so and I sometimes, thank you as well. sometimes you have myopic input from me because i'm one person mm. i've encouraged our quinnick island clergy association and asked them to please make themselves available to the prevention coalitions uh, so they can give their aspect of the faith support uh, and um you know, um, you've got Middletown, you've got Newport, you've got Portsmouth, Tiverton, Little Compton, the Newport County, uh, Jamestown. Gee, you know, there should be um, a representative from the clergy on every one of those coalitions. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you have to ask. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to say, will you? Yes. We need you. Um, I remember in Boy Scouts, you never said, I need a volunteer. <laughs> Walk up to somebody and say, you are just the person I need. Can you help us out with this? That's right. A lot of being voluntold. <laughs> That's what we called it in Boy Scouts. Voluntold. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was weird. I walked up to the coalition and I said, hey, I'm with the St. Matthias Ministry for Addiction and Alcoholism. Can you use me? And they were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Deacon John. I, I do um, want to mention two things. Yeah. One is Marsha Blackburn. Yep. Marsha is our uh, faith formation director. 
and she is absolutely fantastic. She's a little shy. I try to get her to come on uh, with us. And, uh, and she says, you can do it, Deacon, you can do it. Uh, but I want to give her credit because she does a tremendous job with our kids, her and Melissa and Mary Lou, our staff at St. Barnabas, and Father David Thurber, who's our brand new pastor. We've only had him for a year. Ooh. And uh, he's, a, he's a young guy. I'm older than his mother. So he's a really... <laughs> He's a chaplain and a major in the Air National Guard, and he serves the Air and the Army National Guard. That's why I get to preach a lot, because he's getting called away one week in a month. Mm. Um, we are so fortunate at St. Barnabas to have that supportive community. Um, there are, um, you know, we have a really good, solid um, uh, support from our staff and our faith formation. I got to give them credit for that. I thank you. Uh, Marsha, I've definitely worked with Marsha before. I know I worked, worked with her when I was trying to book a room at St. Barnabas uh, for an yes. event. Yeah, that's, but... easy, that's easy to do because I always have one spare. Hidden <laughs> <up>. <laughs> we also had a lot of um, really good support from Be Great for Nate and ESI. They've taken a sabbatical and they're currently reassessing their program, but uh, they did a lot of great work with us, with the kids for... Um, suicide prevention and uh, I can't speak more highly of all the good work that Rick Bruno had done yep uh, and those kids really worked hard and did I a love those kids they would come to our programs and kids speak to kids better than adults do yeah. yes. adults are usually doing this and the kids are usually doing this you know <laughs> yep exactly great group of kids yeah anyway that I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that Thank you. Um, thank you so much for all this information. Um, sure. We appreciate you spending time with us today and no everything problem. you do for our My community. Pleasure.